Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. Had a little something happen today. I tried to give you guys a little anecdotes of my life in New York City. And I thought that some of y'all might find that this to be kind of chucklesome. So some days you just kind of feel like cash money. You know what I'm saying? And today I just felt good. I don't have a great explanation because I sure as hell didn't feel good the day before. But I was just feeling good, man. My fit was cool. Had some fresh kicks on. Um, I got these bad little shades I picked up when I was on vacation. Had those on. I was strolling, man. I got off the subway, walking to work, and I like I I I like I needed to have that. I need that playing as I was walking. Yeah, you can't tell from the way I use my walk. I was on it, man. I was rolling. So anyway, I'm walking, and I got headphones in. Man, I wasn't playing that, but anyway, I got headphones in while I'm walking, and I noticed some dude say, what's up to me? But I couldn't really hear him, but he said, what's up? So I looked at him and gave him a, hey, what's up? By the way, these shades I got, I've come to find that there is like, a price point at which your shades stop allowing you to lay low. In fact, they encourage more attention. But anyway, uh, man said, what's up, Bomani? And I said, what's happening? And it was a little late in the game uh, for me to peep complete game what was going on. But my man went like this as he said it, and I was walking past. And... It was too late for me to do anything about it. But I realized that I saw the whole way that he had his hand up like this, right? But I want you to peep something. What do you notice about my hand if you are watching this on the video at theeveningjones.com? What, what do you notice about the hand that I got up? I want to see if anybody in the chat room peep game on it. All right. Somebody said watch. Okay, you peeped to watch. What to watch me? That's right. Rick the Ruler got it. Left hand. That man was trying to give me left hand dap on the street. Not even a left hand pound, which I feel like is kind of permissible. He tried to give me left hand dap. Well, do that. Well, don't do that. Y'all need to stop being out here giving left hand dap. It's not appreciated. Matter of fact, Keyshawn Johnson tried to give me some left hand dap today. Yeah. I saw he was in the studio. I went in there to say what's up to him. He threw that left hand at me. I was like, oh, no, partner. No, sir, Bob. Brought that right hand over. That's a best-selling author. Don't do that. So if you were to do that song on the street, man, you got to correct yourself with this left-hand dap. And the funny thing about left-hand dap is, for those of you who don't understand the situation with left-hand dap, left-hand dap is treated as disrespectful, even though none of us have ever 
offered someone left hand dap in a way that was intended to convey disrespect. Has anybody ever tried to disrespect you by offering you left hand dap? It's never happened, has it? Now, my question is, is this simply because we have done such a good job of ingraining in ourselves and the youth what left hand dap is? Maybe that's the one thing we overall taught right. Right? Maybe that's what it is. But hey, man. Don't be coming up with me no damn left hand dap. Anyway, to your questions. Let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Why do certain people suggest black people go back to where they came from, forgetting they should go back as well? My dude, I feel like you're missing the point. While I understand that like what you're saying here is operating on a basis of like logic and fairness. Um, I don't know why you think that the people that you're talking about are themselves operating from a basis of logic and fairness. Like, it's not as though the people that are telling you to go back to Africa or something like that are like, it's time for everyone to go back, starting with you going back to Africa. That is not that that ain't what the game is. That isn't what setup is. Right. Those people are not everybody go back. Those people are you leave. Like, like this is, this is yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is not like a, a repatriation movement that they're trying to start. This is an expulsion. Like, that's what they're going for. So anyway, this is what I'm going to say, because, you know, I don't really need to stress these days to talk about some of these things. And one thing that I've always said for a while, at least as it relates to like some of the politics changes and stuff that have gone on. Y'all don't really need me out here talking about this stuff right now. Everything there is to say is pretty obvious. Like you don't need, you don't need some brilliant mind. Not saying that. All right, whatever. Uh, you don't need some brilliant mind to come out here and talk about what's going on out here in the world. Like it's dead in your face. There's, I, I really don't think you need me to make sense of things for you. Perhaps you can call Ja. I have no idea. This I will say though. Okay. You're not going to convince someone who does not believe himself or herself to be a racist that he is or is not a racist like that's highly unlikely it is in fact so unlikely so unlikely that when people do it they can write bestsellers about it. Like that's all the basis of the book has to be. I used to be a racist and I stopped. You can go platinum just off that because it's so damn rare. Like this isn't what it is. And so you can spend all the time you want in the world out here trying to get folks to admit that they are racist or admit that the people they support are racist. If they are invested in, like if they ain't never called nobody racist before, they're not about to do it now. Like there is an investment in place in denying that this racism exists. And the reason that it has to be that way is we almost universally acknowledge racism as bad. 
And so you're not going to get somebody that's like, well, let me tell you what makes me a bad guy. Like it's not happening. Nobody's going to do that. My thought on that kind of stuff, generally speaking, my thought is, and I've said this for a while, like a lot of y'all have to like, a lot of y'all have to cop to the fact that I've been saying this, right? And I think that this will kind of run counter to what a lot of people expect or think is the way that I get down. You don't really have a lot of evidence of me out here explicitly calling people racist. You'll get me saying it's something that somebody has done is racist, but I really don't spend a lot of time arguing about who is or is not a racist. Part of the reason is once you start doing that, the whole discussion goes to basically semantics. And it comes to people acting as though like racism is something that is governed by personal interpretation. Like everybody gets to decide for themselves whether or not something is racist. Like it's not a term of a factual basis um, in the way that people do it. And that's where the conversation is going to ultimately go. And that is a waste of time. It is. Now, the other thing for me is whether you call somebody a racist or not does not dictate whether or not that person is or is not a racist. Now, whether you come to a consensus on it doesn't matter. It is or is not the case. Like, this isn't going to be determined by popular vote. Like, you're not about to send out ballots and everybody put in and then we tally them up and be like, yo, the court has decided that you're a racist and then you walk around with some tag on you. Like, that's not it. The other mistake with when you get to tagging people racist like that is you act like somebody being a racist is this giant rarity. You know what I mean? Like you act like you like finally we found one, a racist. No, nah, man, they out here. They're not really in the, the supply isn't really that short. Like they're here. But in the end, it doesn't matter if you are or are not a racist. Um so take a dude like Lyndon Johnson speaking in, the, in history, right? Was Lyndon Johnson a racist? You got reason to believe that that's the case, right? There's history to make you worry about that. Lyndon Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Did it matter whether or not he was a racist at that point? Did doing that mean that he wasn't a racist? Because gosh almighty, he was okay with like, a voting rights plan that kind of helped his party. Doesn't matter at that point. That's it. So anybody else that's out here and you determine that they are, or are not a racist. You can try to have this argument to the cows come home and drive and drill it in with people. Hey, we are going to say that this person is a racist. Everybody knows we have to say it. Okay. After you say it, then what? Like I bet just for your own sake, there's a whole lot of better ways that you could use your energy than trying to get people to sign on to something that they're absolutely invested in not signing on to and believe that they don't have to do so. Appreciate the question, Lance. Uh, give a look to the chat room. All right. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Have you seen yourself as an old man yet on the face app? Of course, I've seen myself as an old man on the face app because some of you, for whatever reason, made the decision that you just had to see what I look like on the face app. Now, I didn't really have any problem with that on some kind of GP or anything like that. However, 
I did see, for those of you who downloaded that app, man, that was an exhaustive list of permissions that you had to give them. You basically had to turn your whole damn phone over to them. And I am very surprised that people really don't read those things at all. Or the moment they were like, in order to do this, you have to download a whole new app. Like, do you think the fact that all these things started coming up in one day at one time was organic? Or do you think that that was something that these people had figured out how to pull off? Because I think it's something they figured out how to pull off. Like, this had to feel like you was getting got the whole way. And look, don't get me wrong. The game is probably a wrap on this facial recognition stuff, right? Like, as much as I like to protect my face so they can't get me, I mean, I figured that by done. They got me. They got me on all kinds of levels, right? Like they got you on the like, like the government. The government ain't the concern so much on that. Like these people, I mean, no. Look, either way, they got your face. That's rap. But go look at all them permissions, man. They needed. They had the ability to keep your phone from going to sleep. They had the ability to check your whole damn SIM card. Like, like I, it was a lot that they were able to do that with your phone once they had it. And I am a little bit blown away that so few people like. Gave that some thought. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. What do you think will happen if people run up in Area 51? To quote a great philosopher, if you run up, you get done up. Hey, man, they not asking you no questions. Like, you're going to die. You you get caught trying to run up in Area 51. And I look, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist. I don't really think they're keeping no aliens back there. I think it's probably good for business that they make y'all think they keep some aliens down there. I don't really have no idea. What I do know, though, is that if you think you're about to sneak up on some government classified property, And you going to live to tell you got a drastic misunderstanding about how things work, dog. You will lay down where you stand. They will shoot you. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else you got here. People ask about the crit album. I run through it two times. You got to give me a little more time before I'm in a position to talk about that. Here we go. You have any jokes you want to get off about the Iowa public official fired over the Tupac emails? Or does that violate your talking Tupac in public rules? I knew Tupac's influence is far reaching, but it didn't know it reached to Iowa. Well, I mean, they got radio stations in all 50 states. The surprise here is not the fact that it reached Iowa. The surprise here is that it reached this Leslie Nielsen-looking dude. Like, he looked like he a little too old to be in the demo to be out here rocking with Tupac. I don't know. Maybe he went to his Silver Fox Steez when he was in his early 30s or something. I don't know. But the fact that he's in Iowa is not the surprise for his Tupac affection. It is the fact that that dude looked like he's 65, 70 years old. Now, once again, I readily admit I am not very good at guessing white people's ages. So, for all I know, it's possible that he's 35. I don't think he's 35, but again, this is not my area of expertise. I'm really not good at guessing any race's ages other than black people's, if I'm going to be honest here. Anyway, um, if you haven't seen this, apparently dude, like, 
he was just sending all kinds of emails that like mentioned Tupac. How many emails was it that they found that mentioned Tupac in them? He was sending out lyrics. No, he's 65. So like at his 65th birthday party, he brought cookies that said Thug Life on them. Like 350 plus emails over two years. Like he was about that. He loved him some Tupac and he got fired. Now the man says that he does not think that his affection for Tupac got him fired. And I guess I'm kind of inclined to agree with him because it sounds like he'd been about this too. Unless he just found Tupac late. It sounds like something that he'd been about for a very long time. But anyway, this quite shocking did not see it coming. Found it to be pretty damn funny. He loves Tupac that much. And I would really, really love, and I do mean this, I would really love to talk to him about Tupac. Because I don't really love Tupac in that way, but I would love to talk to him about Tupac. Just because the love for Tupac that he has, it has to be explored. It has to be considered. It has to be understood. Also, has anybody found a picture of this man's wife? Feel like it's hard to love Tupac as much as he loved Tupac and not love sisters. Appreciate the question. see what else you got here can r kelly get himself out of this one no it's the feds right no 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 he is a dunzo um the real question people need to be asking themselves is are we going is this going to get to a trial or is this dude really believe that he about to go into court and he going to beat this? And who knows? He might think that he going to beat this. He might actually have a moment where he gets up into court and starts singing one of his songs. He might really believe he can fly. I can totally see it. But this ain't getting this far if they thought if he, if he could get away with it. I also saw that apparently they leaned on his people and his people gave up the tapes. And I mean, all right, thanks for stopping by the booth, buddy. It's a wrap on you. Like, I don't really have anything new or profound at this point to say about R. Kelly. Like, it's a wrap on this, as well it should be. Wait a minute. His lawyer said in court, unlike his hit song, R. Kelly doesn't even like flying. Like, was this um, an attempt at trying to get that dude some bail? All right, let's see what else we got here. It is storming in New York City right now, by the way. Storming. Here we go. Uniform cop deserves major credit for not shooting security guard who pulled gun on said cop. Did you see this? Um... Where was this? Was this in Ohio where this black dude, he's a sheriff and he walked up in the, he worked for the sheriff's office and he walked up in the IRS office with his piece 
and the security guard told him that he couldn't come in with the piece, that he was going to have to leave his piece in the car. And the dude said that he couldn't leave his piece in the car. Anyway, security guard pulled the heat on him. After security guard pulled the heat on him, he put his hands up, he turned around, and he walked away. And the security guard then followed him out with the heat pulled on him with his back turned. Now, I want to start by saying that, A, I got to say, at first my thought was, why that security guard even got a gun? But I bet the IRS, you got to worry about people showing up wilding out. I get that. Now, I don't feel like this security guard necessarily seemed like the kind of cat that was qualified to be holding a piece, but I do understand the idea that somebody in there need to be having a piece, right? It gets kind of willy, it get kind of woolly with these taxes, and ain't everybody got good sense. Anyway, I don't blame the IRS from saying not even you, Mr. Sheriff, can walk up in here with your piece. I bet it's some sheriffs that don't be paying their taxes. So I don't think that that like argument was wrong. And my man saying he can't just leave his piece in the car. I get that too. That all makes sense. Don't none of that explain though why the security guard like pulled the tool out on him. Like, you know how bold you got to be to be a damn security guard, a security guard. I ain't heard the word police use to describe this cat once a security guard. And you're going to pull out your gun on a sworn officer and keep it pointed at him as he walked away. I saw somebody uh, in the chat room talk about uh, brother was uh, that the 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 brother was uh, calmer than you. He would have been. What would you have done? Pissed in your pants? Because I know you wasn't about to bucket that dude with a gun pointed at you. Like that ain't what you was trying to say, is it? Nah, man, that's a bad break. I gotta say, it just feels like. It feels like too many people can get their hands on a gun. That's all I'm saying. Did you see the LAPD was investigating Nipsey Hussle for alleged gang activity? Then come out to deny it was him, but his marathon clothing store. Yeah, so. I have said for a while that if there's, there's some, a, a gangs are a place where the discussion of them for 95% now, I think 95 is a fair number. Maybe 95% of Americans is entirely too like way. It's very flat. It's two dimensional. Um, It lacks a level of nuance that is necessary to understand what gang life is like kind of in a sociological fabric. Um, of a place like Los Angeles. So I never got around to finishing it, but I was reading this book once called City of Quartz. And it's kind of a, I think the dude was a neo-Marxist, but I'm not sure, but it was like a, a, a neo-Marxist historical look at Los Angeles. And the argument that they posited, which is very interesting, that basically LA is just a collection of cliques, right? Like everybody has to be a part of something in LA. And if you think about the way L.A. is laid out and the way that people interact, that's just kind of what it is. You're part of some group, whether it be like your professional class um, or it happens to be of your ethnicity, like all kinds of stuff. But it's going to be some kind of click, right? Got it. Gangs serve the purpose and fit within the larger aesthetic of what Los Angeles is. 
it is your backup because so much of L.A. is people coming from so far away where you just hoping you know somebody who was there already. You got some people to click up with. And that's what gangs wind up being for people. People like for black folks who left the South, who left the churches, who left many parts of their families and all of that stuff. They needed some backup, too. And the backup evolved into being gangs. So the thing, the reason I mentioned that is basically the argument that's made about this is that the marathon became like a place where gang members hung out with each other. Seemed basically to be the point. Like, it, I mean, they would, I didn't, I didn't even feel like they were that concerned with like money or anything like that. Like it was really just like, this is a place where Crips are. And duh, of course, it's going to be a place where Crips are. And so they do this thing like in California where these cats who are in gangs and then they go to jail and then they get out. And when they get out of jail, they tell them that you can't like interact with anybody who is affiliated with a gang. And yo, that's a lot easier said than done. Aside from the fact that it's a lot easier said than done, it kind of misses the point in a lot of ways about what gangs like provide for a lot of people. Uh, and this isn't a like gangs are cool sort of thing. This is just an understanding of like what the social networks are in a place like this. So you tell somebody that grew up in a crip neighborhood that you can't interact with no crips. But I stay at my mama house. Like, what am I supposed to do here? You understand what I'm saying? And so. The irony of what's going on with Nip is. Part of why he could have the reach that he had with a lot of these people, it has a lot to do with his gang affiliation. Except the gang affiliation, by definition, is deemed to be criminal, which seems to be out, out of line with the Constitution. But in some of the things, like I think the New York Times story about it that I was reading, one point that they made was that there is a bit of disagreement um basically about how to deal with this there's so many people like many people within the police department that absolutely refuse to work with gangs on anything they see gangs as enemies their purpose is to destroy them there are other people like and this is in line with stuff that jim brown has talked about i've talked to him about it myself that gangs represent community and that the you're going to need to be able to work with the people that had the power in the neighborhood and in many cases, those are the cats that are like running the gangs. You're going to need to run things by them. You're going to need to work with them in order to make things happen. You can't just look at this as a full-on war. And so when I look at the thing that's going on with the marathon, this is just in line with the idea that the police department is at war with gangs, not simply with criminal activity, but the gangs themselves, but what a gang represents in that city is a little bit more than just committing crimes. Not that there aren't a lot of crimes being committed, but you understand what I'm saying. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. Today on Twitter, a dude was really affected by you uh ignoring him at a networking event 
His fan reactions like this and the recent post-speaking engagement soured you on engaging fans like this in the future. I hope not because you're one of the best. Nah, man, like if you catch me right, I'll talk to you. Um, Like I would argue that there are very few people who could really make the argument that they've had a negative experience like with meeting me. Um, I would hope, right? I try to do my best, at least in, you know, in that regard. Um, I don't know what this cat was talking about today, though. Like, I don't remember it, obviously, but he was heated. Like, y'all really think being called a dork is that bad? Like, I'm serious, man, because he came out here and, like, because this thing was he says that I was surrounded by beautiful women. He said part of him was mad at me, and the other part was kind of like I see you or something to that effect. And I was like, well, the part of you that was mad is a dork. And, man, that set it off, man. The dude told me that I was, what was it, a talentless prick? Um, and he just went off on it all day long and he called me a predator. Like, cause his argument was that I was standing around a bunch of women and I wouldn't stop talking to the women in order to talk to him. And that basically I was on the prowl. I don't even know when this was. I don't even know, like in all likelihood, if it went like that, then that meant this thing was after hours. And I just didn't feel like whatever it was at that point. Like I get some measure of time to myself to like kick it as I want to. And one thing I do not like, I'll tell you this, this happens. And this is real. If I'm having a conversation with somebody and I don't know you, do not hover around the conversation. Like, I think that's fair. I'm like that if I'm talking to a dude. Now, I have told you about the times like I've been at NABJ and I've been talking to women and dudes try to come up and do all this stuff. I told you about the dude I had to scream on a couple years ago. Uh, I mean, these things happen. I mean, that's just like, manners man y'all ain't got no manners whatever happened to y'all's manners i gotta have some manners yeah but this cat was hot he was just like yo it's a networking event that's not what it is it's a professional development conference and in the course of professional development you might like manage to do some level of networking but i go to go to panels that i think are going to be interesting um i go to catch up with people i know i do not go to talk to strangers I mean, talking to strangers is something I have the option of doing, but there's no obligation here. Like, ain't nobody, like, required to talk to you. I just don't know why this dude was so mad. And then I saw something that he sent me, and my man, like, put it out there like he was trying to network with me and that I was not there for doing his networking, except I'm looking at this one tweet, and it says here, I was going to pitch dude a business opportunity that's doing well elsewhere. First of all, first of all, that is not networking. Second of all, I damn sure wasn't going to stop doing whatever it was that I was doing so you could cold sell me on a business idea. What? Who does that? Like, think about that for a second. And so this cat was furious. I mean, he's going on and on and on all day long. He done called me all kind of names. He done called me all everything else. He called the people that respond to him, all these other sorts of names. And the wild thing about it is he said, I shooed him away, and I have never shooed anybody away. I know that. But even if I had, bruh. 
there is nothing here to indicate that a conversation with you would have been a good idea. <laughs> like, not at all. Anyway, you know, the deal. I've said how I feel about these things many, many times, and I know I'm probably going to go to NABJ this year, and I know it's probably going to be a bunch of youngsters that's trying to come up and play the same games. And all I'm telling you is this is the truth. I'm down to talk to you. But the second it feels like there's no reason for it to continue, it's just going to need to stop. I ain't got no advice that's going to fix your life. I can't get you no job. If you want to tell me you appreciate my work, that's cool. We can do that. But I'm not going to magically like unlock something for you. I was in Vegas this weekend. Somebody was like, yo, 30 seconds. Give me the best advice you got. And I told him to enjoy himself or something like that. But, dude, y'all got to stop doing that shit. That is stupid. Right? Like, hey, give me the best advice you got in 30 seconds. Yo, why am I giving this to you for free? Like, nobody owes y'all nothing, especially not if I'm on my own time. Y'all got to respect that. And if you don't, man, fuck you. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Has your continued success made it easier for you to receive compliments? No. Yo, what does this dude think he's accomplishing with this? Do you plan on checking out I Got the Hookup too? I'm sorry, what? There's a I got the hookup too. Like you telling me that there's a I got the hookup too that like wait a minute. It hasn't come out yet. Like it didn't go straight to DVD 20 years ago. Like they about to put I got the hookup back out. Not for real. That's what y'all are telling me. Hold up. Did anybody even go see I Got the Hookup 1? Like, I heard a lot more people talk about I Got the Hookup than ever, actually, than I, than I know who actually watched it. Per the wiki, I Got the Hookup made $10 million at the box office. That's it. $10 million. And now you telling me there's a I got the whoa. It's got an IMDB page. After Best Friends Black and Blues restaurant is shut down, Black needs to find some cash fast. He thinks his luck has turned when Blue's son, Fat Boy, and his best friend, Spider, bring him a stash of stolen cell phones, and Black decides to sell them on the streets. There's only one problem: the boxes with the phones also contain the Colombian cartel stash of Molly, which Spider decides to sell. This is already in theaters. Wow. It's showing in New York City. 
Who's responsible for this? Somebody in here said you should watch it. Why? Why? Why don't you watch it? Wow. I'm trying to find another question to watch to watch that off our everything. Maybe it's because I haven't been a fan dating back until day one, but you and Big Crit really that tight? I, I, I mean, I guess I don't know like how tight you taking it us being, but for those of you who don't know, check out The Right Time. Uh, we got an interview with Big Crit that's hitting them streets. Y'all won't check that out, you know. Uh, close, same old, same old. Uh, but uh, it's, it's really good. It's really interesting. And I think that the answer to that question will be in that podcast. But like, I met him through my man Wally in 2010. So, like, as he was coming up, I got on it and I was hooked. I heard Crit was here. And I was like, Crit was here. And that was like a life changing thing for me. Right. Like, it was really, really big. Like, I loved that record. I loved everything about it. I loved the direction. And I decided for my career, like, professionally, before anything personally, I was like, yo, I want to align myself professionally with this kind of work. You know? Like something that feels like this. This is what I, I want people to say that my work feels like this work feels like. I want y'all to know that this is the kind of stuff that I'm into because I felt like saying that that was the kind of thing that I was into would tell you a bit about who I was personally. And so through the years, man, I've been going to the shows, checking them out, hollering at them about different things. Uh, and so like for me to do an interview with him at my new gig in 2019, where, you know, he was like 23, 24, something like that when I first met him. Yeah, he was like 23, turned 24 that year. Yeah. So, you know, he was like 23. I was 29, you know. Um, and so sitting where we both sit now is a whole different ball game, And it's wild, right, that there's a particular way that he and I can look at each other. And even though we ain't like cast that talk once a week or nothing like that, but we still saw where the other was and see where the other is now. And it was a really interesting experience for me to just kind of post up and like talk to him and it was, i think it's a really really good interview so check that out so yeah no 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 that's the homie like that's not something contrived like that is the homie like i saw last time i saw him before this i saw him backstage at the roots uh the, the grammy jam session uh it was funny because he was trying to go through and get ready for his performance that night everybody was performing and i just saw him he had the shades on i was like yo it's crit he saw me it was like oh snap like introduce him to my brother and all of that stuff you know so like it's like that Uh, appreciate the question. Also, this dude Thaddeus says, were you ever asked if I was ever on Combat Jack show? I was on Combat Jack show three times. That's the homie also. And that's another dude, by the way. Crit, Combat Jack. That's all Morning Jones stuff, man. That's all Morning Jones stuff. And, you know, a lot of y'all don't know what we're talking about when we get in here. We talk about the Morning Jones, but this is the Evening Jones because at first there was the Morning Jones. And that was good stuff, man. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. Oh, searching, 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 searching. I want to find one more. 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 
Here we go. With Jermaine Dupree out here backpedaling his stripper rap comments, let us know your top three to five rhyme spitters. Of course I'm not going to tell you my top three to five. Stop asking for fucking list on demand. Like, why do you think this is something that people do? I charge for that. A lot of money. Anyway, um, I will say this, though, about his stripper rap comments. You guys aren't going to get anywhere chastising women for rapping about sex. And I also think the other thing that you got to do, though, like a lot of you got to kind of like catch yourself a little bit on it. Right. And I feel like to a degree I have to catch myself also uh, and be careful on this. Um, Like, are you holding these women to a standard that you don't hold men to? And the case is probably true. I also think, though, that we can be kind of inconsistent about who we do and do not chastise for rapping about the same thing all the time. We don't chastise uh, too short for rapping about the same thing all the time. I have chastised Pusha T for rapping about the same thing all the time. I don't find what he raps about all the time to be nearly as interesting. Devin the Dude rapping about the same three things for 20 years. I hope he never raps about a fourth thing. I'm perfectly content with that. It's fine by me that that's the way that he chooses to do it. There aren't that many people I'm okay with them deciding to kick it like that. However, this idea that, oh, my God, this new wave of women is just out here rapping about sex all the time. I mean, and. I admit, no matter who you are, it's going to be hard to keep that interesting for long. Like, I don't have a problem with it necessarily, but like that Megan Thee Stallion album was the same song to me over and over and over again. I mean, and I know that not every single song is the same one, but I felt like I heard the only thing that she got to rap about, right? And what she does then rap about is not really that interesting. I don't think there's any rapper, though, that I think is interesting where the only thing that they rap it about is like the sex that they have. Because the one thing that I do think is kind of interesting about this is... That wasn't going to make any sense. Not going to say that. But no, like the misogyny pops out from people. I do say this, though. Cardi B rap about sex plenty, right? But they really put something together with her with in spite of all, not even in spite of, while she raps about sex plenty, that is a fully formed character and persona that they have crafted. And there are certainly more levels that make her very, very interesting. They have managed to come up with something that means that she won't be boring for a while. You can get boring very quick, no matter who you are rapping about the same thing over and over again, unless you're really, really, really good at it. Got to give people the chance to be really, really good at it, though. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. Try to do this thing here about once a week. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you. And apologies to Lance because some guy is just really dedicated to, of all things, spamming a Crowdcast chat room. All right, anyway, if you cannot watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the iTunes store, subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We are also at the Google Play Store. All right, now I appreciate you. Talk to you later.